Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, May the 10th in 2021 on When I Rise. We are currently starting the week year B, seventh Sunday of Easter in the Revised Common Lectionary. And as we've shared throughout the whole season of Easter, the season of Easter does not have an Old Testament text for the weekly readings. And so I'm going to be back in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, and then 21 through 26. This reading and then the Ascension of the Lord day that's on Thursday will set us up for the next uh, Sunday following this Sunday, which is the day of Pentecost. And so this is like the, the narratives leading up to Acts chapter 2. So let me read this passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our day praying along the theme that we find there this morning. Thanks for making this party in morning on Winter Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 26. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. And then verses 21 through 26. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of God for us. Some of us are aware of the tragic story of the company BlackBerry, right? BlackBerry was the first one, they're innovative, right? They were the first one to create like a handheld device for those who worked in office spaces. Uh, it was, you know, something you could carry on with you or attach at the hip and you can have your contacts, you have your, like all of your schedule. Then you could send email as they began to sync it up with servers and with cell service. I mean, it was the thing, right? And so when people came along saying, hey, we could take this thing further, right? We could say you could not just do email, but you could like, what if we added like legit cell phone service? You, you could answer calls and such like that. Like what if we could add other applications to it? And the whoever was steering the company at the time, they kept saying, no, 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 no. Like the original design was this. We shouldn't branch out. We shouldn't take risks like that. And the next thing, you know, yada, 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 which is a good Hebrew word, yada, yada, yada. Now, hardly anybody. I mean, are there even Blackberries anymore? I mean, I think we had, Ginger and I had one like years ago, but then when we got our first iPhones, like we just haven't looked back. And it's just really nice to see, you know, when you text somebody, all the blue bubbles instead of the green bubbles, right? So like, what is that? It's a case of like saying what was and what could have been. What am I saying here? I think the Acts chapter one is one of those moments that uh, where we get to see what was, and then the very next chapter, chapter two, we could see what has become, or not just imagining what could have been, but we get to live into a new reality. 
I mean, this is simply pragmatics here in Acts chapter 1. The disciples want to have 12 to their number. It, it was uh, symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so when Judas removed himself from their company, he uh, there was like this vacancy, right? Uh, someone needed to join them. And so you notice like the process of finding a person. First, they kind of went back to this objectively speaking. Like we need someone who can tell the whole story. So who among us was there from the beginning since John's baptism all the way to the resurrection? So they came up with two guys and they prayed and then they did this unique thing. They cast lots. They probably just had some dice and they said, okay, even numbers, it's going to be Barsabbas. If it's even odd numbers, uh, even numbers, whatever, it's going to be Matthias. And so they cast lots and they said, okay, this seems to be the will of God. Notice how stark contrast that's going to be when we flip over to the next page and when the Holy Spirit comes demonstrably on the people of God and how they begin to conduct themselves from here, right? The decision-making processes, the ways in which they discern the will of God. And so they didn't know any better. I mean, they were Jews. uh, Casting of lots was something that was common. Uh, The high priest even had these two pieces of um, tools in their and their breastplate called the Urim and Thummim. Whenever they sought the Lord, they would pull those pieces out. They would like see how they shine upon the sun and they would discern what God um, was asking them to do, right? This casting of lots. But it seems kind of arbitrary. And so we turn over this like arbitrary way of hearing from God to a more direct line hearing from God in Acts chapter 2. And this reminds us that we make advances in the kingdom of God. So we do believe in progress as God's people. We are uh, talking about the kingdom of the heavens arriving among us, which, hello, is process. It's something that the shorthand for that is the divine cleanup or what happens when God is demonstrably in charge of the world around us. I mean, that, that is progress. Now, we're not saying utopia. Absolutely not. We know that this world is going to be rife with problems and the people of God are going to have brokenness inside our lives and in our communities, so on and so forth. However, we do believe that we take leaps, right? And whenever we take leaps, um, it causes uh, new doors to open, new ways of doing ministry to emerge. And what if we're in a moment like that? I mean, we're just, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're not quite out of it yet. Uh, we're getting closer and closer, it seems, from the signs of the times. What if this is causing us uh, to reimagine everything? Uh, I just read a book by John Rittner. highly recommend a book called uh, Positively Irritating. And uh, he says that uh, we're ministering in what everyone's calling a post-Christian culture, meaning that less and less people are Christian and therefore less and less familiar with our truth claims. Therefore, church has to change. He says this, that when a grain of sand gets into our eyes, it could be irritating, right? Like we want to get it out of there, like wash it out. But when a grain of sand goes into a shell in the ocean, that over a process of time, that same granule that was irritating to us can actually be uh, made into something priceless, something beautiful. He says this, you can look at post-Christian culture as something that is irritating, something that we need to remove, right? And get back to the good old days. Or we could see it as an opportunity to create something beautiful. And I think that's where we're on the edge of. And so we need to pray for an imagination. We need to pray for guts and we need to pray for patience and ask God to help us to create something new for the new world that we're engaging around us. Are you with me? Like, is that something that you're excited about? Or is that something you're terrified about? Well, I hope that as we pray, God would give us peace in our hearts and that we'd be 
invigorated and not uh, worried about the days ahead. So let's spend some time praying along that theme this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're already ahead of us, that you're the God who holds all things together. You know all things, and so you know the future and what it holds and how it will hold us. And we thank you that you've already created provision for us in those future days. God, we have to be honest with you. We confess that we are terrified of the days ahead because they're unknown. And we, we are comfortable with what we do know, but we are quite afraid of what we do not know. And so we ask that you'd be a shepherd who leads us and that as we follow you step by step, that uh, you would give us peace in our hearts, that you give us guts in our souls. And I pray that we would boldly approach both the throne of grace and into the future days, knowing that you're there with us. God, we thank you for the church. We thank you that you're never going to abandon the church, and the church will never be overrun. The gates of hell will not overcome us. And so we know that we stand in victory today. We thank you that the greater is the one who's inside of us than the one who's in the world. And so God, today, I pray that we would face this day and the next season of head with confidence and not with like braggadocious pride, but I pray that there would be a resolve, a, a, a confidence in you and a confidence in knowing who we are in you. And I pray that you would allow us to put our hands to faithful and good, meaningful work. And I pray that as we do so, we would see the kingdom emerging ever so more in front of us. And so God, be with us, be with our speech, be with our action, be with our worship, be with our service. God, we pray that all would bring glory to you today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.